Welcome to Hewlett Home. We are on location. It is Comic-Con 2022, alive and well. We'll do a little recap with some great interviews. I sit down with Charles Martinet, Kevin McDonald, Ruth Connell, and we start things off with Jason Rockman. He's the spokesperson for Comic-Con. Well, Jason, uh, thank you once again for bringing this great event back to Winnipeg. I know that there are so many fans, so that's where I'm going to start with. Do you ever get or cease to get amazed on how popular Comic-Con is? Never. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I do get surprised on how the numbers grow, but um, being someone who, who's been putting on these events or helping to put on these events for years now, I know how important these events are to people. And um, just seeing the enthusiasm on people's faces, it, it doesn't surprise me because it's infectious. You know, happiness is infectious, good vibes are infectious. So when you see that spreading and more and more people coming every year, it, it's not a surprise that they grow. And, and um, for us, it's just, our event's all about good, happy, <laughs> Good times. There's nothing negative about our event, which is great. Yeah, and so we all know that we're coming out of a, a pandemic. Yeah. People, there is still that apprehension. What were, are some of the changes, or are there any changes, or it's just full on Comic Con? I mean, it really is full on Comic Con. In terms of you know guest safety, we always have what we would normally have at our shows uh, in place, and then we follow whatever province we're in for guidelines. So you know whatever Manitoba has in place, that's what we're following. So um, you know there'll be there'll be you know if people want to wear masks, absolutely, please do. We, and we, we've seen a lot of people at, at events, even after mask mandates are gone, still want to wear masks. And that's and that's a great thing about our event. Like, you know, we're people that accept everything. We're super accepting. So the last thing we're going to go is, why are you wearing a mask? Like, if you feel safer to wear a mask, by all means, you know, it is the time of year where, you know, colds might happen more. And, and, and so do it. But um, we follow whatever guidelines are in place in the provinces. And how do you get your guests? I mean, this year you've got Charles here, you've got Bruce Campbell coming yeah, in. Yeah, it's pretty big. Yeah, I mean, Leah Thompson is coming, yes. who's actually filming stuff in Winnipeg, which was just a great, uh, uh, just a, a great timing for us. But we have a great programming department. Um, our, you know, the people that go after our guests are, are are doing it year round. You know, they're already looking at guests for 2023 for all of our shows. So it's it's an ongoing process that seems like it's you know, it's, oh yeah, we just made a call and Bruce showed up, but. <laughs> <laughs> but imagine all the other shows around the world that are competing for guests, and we got Bruce Campbell on Halloween weekend. It's just, wow. it's, it's just amazing. So um, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're, we get our guests by by having great relationships with agents, um, and our guests love coming to our shows because we treat them well, you know, and they, and they know that we put on good events. And it's just, I guess, it's just a lot of, it's, it's a lot of people put, pulling together the resources and working hard, and, and we're really excited about this year's guest list. So how did you get into this business? I, I'm a big nerd. I'm a big geek. Um, I also I work in radio. Um, so for me, it was kind of like, well, we need someone that really loves the event. And I was going to these events all over the world before we started our first one in Montreal. And when we had, you know, when the first event started in Montreal, I went to the event as a journalist, and you know, I covered the event, and I spoke to the organizers. And I'm like, we should really try to get you more media coverage. And then it just grew from there. And now, you know, I've been. Now you're it. Now I'm the guy for the four shows, which is great because I am a real, real big pop culture aficionado and nerd, and, and I love all this stuff. It's fun. Well, well, thank you so much, Jason. 100%. Uh, enjoy thank you. your weekend here. Thank you. It is Halloween Kids uh, coming up, so you know you got to come down to the convention center this weekend, see all the stars, and you know, thank you again. Thank you. What a great way to spend off Halloween. Yeah, totally. Thanks. <laughs> What's up? Ooh, say what, say what, say what, say what, say what.
Italian plumber from Brooklyn will set the camera back up for a company called Nintendo. His name is Mario, and so uh, it's a video game. So make up a voice, make up a video game, uh, whatever you want to make up. I, I'm not going to pay you to, to, do, to do nothing. So this is a real-time animation system. If it works, you're going to do that. If not, you're going to talk all day. So make up a voice, make up a Don't stop till you run out of things to say. And so I said to myself, self, Italian plumber from Brooklyn. Get out of my face, I'm working here. I thought, no, I don't want to do that because there, what if there are kids in the audience? But I had done Grêmio and Taming of the Shrew in the theater, you know, nice Italian guy. I thought, I'll do that, you know? I'll do that voice, but I'll make him younger, and then I'll just make up a video game. Waka, 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 waka. I knew nothing. I'd never heard of Mario, never heard of Nintendo, had no idea whatsoever. So I heard action, I said, hello, I'm Mario, let's make a pizza pie together. And I started making food, because that's obviously one of my passions in life. And I just kept up making up pasta until I ran out of pasta names, and then I started making up things. Then we can make a raspetto donatello, and I'm going to chase you the raspetto donatello, and if I catch you, you got to eat the raspetto donatello, and then make a raspetto donatello and chase me with it. And I just kept going and going and going and going, because he never said stop. And I do one thing properly, I take direction. And I, I, I finally heard, stop talking! Cut, there's no more tape, thank you, we'll be in touch. And I thought for sure that means go back to the beach and watch the sunset and go out to dinner with your friend, which is what I did. And he got on the phone, he called Nintendo, he said, I found our Mario, I got him. And that was the only tape that they sent, and that was 31, <laughs> 31 choice from you. It's me, Super Mario. Wahoo! You number one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Charles. Okay. I guess we all know the incredible story on how you gave life to Mario. That's great. What has Mario given you? Oh my goodness, that's a lovely question. You know, I, I feel first of all, it's a tremendous honor and a joy to have an impact on, on children's lives. You know, and Mario, for me, the decisions that I made actually it was during Mario teaches typing when I read the script and it said, you know, oh, you failed. You know, you have to go back to the beginning and start again. And I said, can I change that line a little bit because I I believe in positive reinforcement. He said, oh, sure, go ahead. He said, that was great, but I know you can do even better. Let's go again. And he said, oh. And that tone gave me the definition of the character of love and kindness and caring and respect for everyone, everyone, all the time. And so that's what I get from Mario, is that desire to be that myself, the ideal human being that is always caring, always, you know, choosing kindness and going ahead and also having the courage to go, let's go, when, you're, when the chips are down. Well, okay. I tend to do, you know. More, more you religion. must be the most incredible grandpa like <laughs> you know I, I think your your kids and your grandkids are blessed this world Thank today you. human Thank beings uh, this whole event comic-con 
um, uplifting spirits. There's a lot of weight in our society, um, and you know, a lot of, I guess, negative connotations with video games. And now you've seen the world and how it is unfolded. Yeah, yeah. What light can you bring in oh, all of gosh. your wisdom? You know, I mean, you know, you look at Mario, and he has survived 30-odd yeah, years. Yeah, it's because of the joy, the happiness, the love. My, I always say befriend yourself, you know, get, you, you stop talking to yourself so negatively because you, you see this negativity in the world. And it's like people are good. People are caring and loving and wonderful being everybody. You can have different opinions, different ideas, but you can still respect each other. You can still, you can still be Mario. <laughs> Always respectful, caring, loving, you know, honest, have integrity and have values. And I think that it's, it's easy if you watch too much news or too much of the news on one side or the other to think that the other side is something all people have goodness in them. They really do, you know. And, and video games are a, a wonderful way for people to play together, to experience, to discover, to unfold together the great joys. Uh, and which is what I love about Mario, the exploration, the, the new surprises, the, you know, because as you get older, it's easier to get cynical. But oh, it's, yes. <laughs> you can still choose innocence. You can still choose joy. And I think that's what Mario does, is brings us back to that joyous innocence of our childhood, the magic that we experienced in having that fun and exploring that world. I think that's what we all need more of. Oh, I know. And yes, and, and as we all get older. I mean, just talking to you, Charles, I feel a very genuineness. If that's Thank a word, you. I think. Um, where would you be, Charles Martinet, if, it, if Mario didn't come? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. You know, I'd be still. I, I, I tend to be, uh, I think, a, a bit of a spiritual being in a physical body, still really doing, yeah. you know, that, and still trying to be a wonderful person or as good a person as I could be. I might be doing sitcoms in Los Angeles, more likely, but you know, <laughs> yeah, or, I know, you know, I do recognize yeah, now. you know, just being silly and having fun. I, I've never had the discipline to write, so there's no threat that I'd be a, a writing a sitcom or writing <laughs> anything of voluminous uh, power. But you know, I, I'd be doing performing. I'd yes. be finding some way to perform because I love, I believe in performing from, from joy and happiness, you know. When I was doing uh, acting, as a young man, I met a guy with a stutter, and I said, have you always had this stutter? Because he was in my acting class. Because no, I was, I was 21 years old, my birthday, I went to this comedian in Las Vegas with all my friends, after the show, you know, or when I thought the dessert was coming and the lights turn on our table, hey, stand up, you know, it's somebody's birthday today. Oh, never mind, sit down, look at that ugly kid, you know. And he said he kept making fun of me. And the more he made fun of me, the more people laughed and the smaller I felt. And I woke up the next morning with a stutter and I've had it ever since. So for me, life is full of markers where you make decisions. And for me in that moment, I didn't say, oh, well, I'll certainly never do that. But I knew then that my comedy would never hurt people. It would never be at somebody else's expense. So all the characters that I create, all the, the you know, the, the, the villains always, the, it comes back on them. You know, they think that <laughs> yes. the... the, the, the the toilet seat is their is their crown or something, you know. That, that that's always the silliness coming back, but also creating from a place of joy and happiness and love and fun, which I think is is, is equally valid. I remember uh, hearing somebody on in uh, an interview once say, "There is no creativity without suffering." I suffered, and from my suffering, I, and I'm like, "Well, you could also go whoopee <laughs> and have fun with it." 
all Charles. I mean, you're going to have a great weekend. There's Thank so many you. people that want to talk to you. Words of wisdom. Yes, well. I'm, I mean, I'm sure you'll get that. You've been asked that. But. Well, well, words of wisdom. Well, first of all, let me say I can't wait to see you at Comic-Con here in Winnipeg. I'm very excited about it. Come by. We'll be signing autographs and taking pictures and having fun. And we have a, a discussion, too, which you can ask me questions. I love that. My words of wisdom is love yourself. Start developing a relationship with yourself and a friendship with yourself as though you are the nicest person in the world, the, the one that you love the most. Because you'd never treat other people the way you treat yourself. So find a way to get that negative voice silenced and take over that voice in yourself, in your adult persona, in your, your power, in your self-respecting, self-esteeming way that you can. It's hard. It's not easy because that, you know, we're raised with that, you know, oh, you're this, you're that. But, you know, to so gently, 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 and sometimes forcibly silence that voice and become that person that you want to be because it's right there. And it's your, that's your gift to the world, to be you. Well, thank you. Thank you for your gift, Charles. Thank you very much. And thank you for playing my games. River City Jedi is a combat uh, instructing group where we teach people how to fight with lightsabers. However, these things are rather dangerous and we only do so once they are properly trained and we have proper protective gear. Uh, we have classes every second week for about $10 and the first class at, right after Comic Con is free for newcomers. For any newcomers who don't have blades, we have some that they can use uh, for the classes. Can you explain then your lightsaber? What is it made out of? Um, not too familiar. Uh, I'm pretty sure the handle is some kind of stainless steel, and I think this is made out of some kind of fiberglass, perhaps. These things are very sturdy and have broken bones before. <laughs> Uh, when used unregulated. And have you had broken bones? I have not. Okay. I'm one of the newer, I'm one of the newcomers to River City Jedi, only joining like a little before the call. So why did you join? Uh, I joined because my dad goes to it and I really wanted some help just staying in shape and getting like my cardio up. It's, it's a very welcoming group. We have a very good community. It's one of our selling points. And we're very open to beginners for people who want to get into uh, exercise and such. This sounds like I'm hiding something horrible. It went great. It went great. It went between good and great. It went good great. It went good great. Um, it didn't really feel like a reunion to us. It didn't really feel like a reunion to us. Uh, it didn't really feel like a reunion to us. Um, because we're together all the time. We're, uh, we tour every few years and we hang out all the time. Then we live in different cities. Uh, and um, uh, we were never scared that we were going to be um, like bad as sketches because we never thought of it, because we're not smart enough to be scared. 
That's sort of the secret of success. <laughs> Not being smart enough to be scared. And um, it, it went fine. We wrote sketches. Um, I mean, we wrote a lot of sketches. Some of the sketches were like typical kids in the hall sketches that, that, that didn't fit into the, uh, today's world. So they didn't get in. So, uh, but we were uh, we knew that was going to happen. So we didn't even complain about it. We were sort of like happy idiots. It went very well, and um, hopefully we'll uh, get together again and, uh, and do some more stuff and uh, like a tour and uh, maybe another show. Who knows? Uh, there, that feels like such a short answer. I feel like I should keep going. <laughs> I am Kevin here at Comic Con. Yeah, Kevin. Kevin is here at Comic Con. I am Kevin at Comic Con. Yes. Okay, but no stranger really to these events for you. You said your third time? My third time was I, uh, I, I may have missed one. One, two, this is my fourth time. Fourth time now, okay. Is it uh, boring TV for me to count in, no. the, in front of the camera? One, two, no, seven times. No, fourth time, fourth time. Fourth time. <laughs> all right, okay, so, I mean, we were all so happy to see the kids reunited again. You on, were on stage and you kind of reiterated that, yeah, it was okay. Reunions are a good thing, right? Reunions are a good thing. Like I said, we've never split up. No. I mean, there was a time after Brain Candy where we weren't talking to each other, but we still had to split up. <laughs> and then um, um, uh, then we get back together because we had a manager that said, uh, people want to see you live. And, uh, but that's a boring story. But, uh, but that's the one time where it felt like a reunion. Now we just, um, especially with Zoom, I see them all the time. We have Zoom meetings every day. So nothing will feel like a reunion ever again. No, no. Zoom. Your comments on Zoom. Right. The saddest reunion would be when one of us dies and we're at the funeral. <laughs> that'll, that'll feel like a reunion. <laughs> oh my goodness. Alright, Kevin. Humor across the board. We all want to laugh, but humor has changed. Right. Boundaries have changed. Uh, you had mentioned in the heyday of Kids in the Hall, you had no boundaries. And right. You could do anything and everything was funny and it was okay to say off-color, whatever. Uh, now? <laughs> Every time you open your mouth. I know, I know. And we spent the first few weeks writing the kids in all with the. You can't say that! I'd be having three sentences. Don't say that! Uh, and then it's, it's no fun to write comedy. And then, uh, so what we did was let's stop yelling at each other. <laughs> and uh, it's just us writing, write, and then let Amazon tell us uh, that we can't do that. And they did. <laughs> they did. They did a few things. I mean, it wasn't as bad as I, uh, as I imagined it was going to be. But there were a few. Um, <laughs> I was going to tell you, you some, but I can't because then um, that I'd be telling the world. Uh, but, but there's some funny ideas that we think, like, uh, we, I think Dave Foley said this once, we've never, one thing about Kids and Hells, we've never been mean. I think the best of comedy, even South Park isn't really mean. Like there's a, I mean, the, the, the characters sometimes mean to each other and stuff, but, but there's a sort of a kindness to it. And I, and I think yeah. meanness gets me more than anything else, uh, but uh, we, we learned to adjust, and we, um, like, like I said um, when I was on stage, that it was in the 90s, it was too much say anything you want, any joke is good, you're on HBO, and that's don't say anything. Um, and I feel you've got to do the don't say anything to counteract the say anything you want, and somewhere we'll, in 20, 30 years, or 10 years, or maybe five years, we'll mean the middle where people will say, well, okay, you can say that because there's a point to it and it's funny. Right. Um, because there was the things that we weren't allowed to do, we thought had a point to it and were funny. But um, but we're we're just young enough. We'll sit on them, and maybe the world will change, and uh, we'll get to do them. Well, let's hope so. And, and but I applaud the world. You're doing the right thing, world. You're you're doing the right thing. But hopefully, we'll meet in the middle. Well, improv. 
And that's the whole beauty of improv is the spontaneity yeah. of it. And I'd like How holding your, your thoughts back. Yeah. yeah, like like you are right now, holding yes. your arms. Yeah, yes. When you be like... In the 90s, I was like this all the time. I know, <laughs> like this. Yeah, well, um, yeah, I, I did improvise for the first time since the lockdown uh, a few weeks ago. and. See, I didn't think anything. I just said whatever I wanted. But I also I trusted myself. I trust myself that if I was going to say anything that was more shocking and funny and didn't have a point, that I would stop halfway through my sentence at the very least. <laughs> and hold that thought. And hold that thought. So now, like when you're writing, there's so many different things I would imagine that are going through your mind now because the world is changing and society changes too as well. So what sparks your creativity, your imagination inside you, Kevin McDonald's head. <laughs> well, for the show, it was, um, there's a lot of sketches, I, I think the other guys wrote them too, but, uh, I, and I wasn't going for this, but um, we, we were writing for three weeks and then uh, the lockdown hit, and so we were writing for Zoom, and I was stuck in Toronto, I live here in Winnipeg, as you know, and I, I was stuck in Toronto, so I wrote a lot of scenes about lonely men, loneliness, there were a lot of scenes about loneliness, and like you're always right about your experience. I mean, sometimes it's imagination, the idea comes to your head, sometimes it's your experience. But I wasn't experiencing anything but being by myself. So the, um, I wrote a lot of stuff, like a, a lot of scenes. There's a lonely guy in a bathtub, a lonely guy with a, complaining about his fence, a lonely guy who gets two cats who plan to kill him. It was, <laughs> so um, that was like during the show anyway. Um, but in general, um, I think, um, I always talk about the Beatles, that your brain, your creative brain is uh, half Paul McCartney and half John Lennon. Paul McCartney wrote from more imagination, mm -hmm. and John Lennon wrote about experience. And it's easier to write about, comedy really is the exaggeration of experience. Um, but when you're writing a lot, you're in such a loop, you open the, I'm almost finished talking, I swear. You, you open the loop, um, you open the window, uh, and ideas just come to you, imagination ideas come to you. So when, when you're writing a TV show, um, it's sort of a, a, rich, a rich harvest of ideas. It is, and I think, you know what, I'm hoping that TV does come alive again. TV is kind of dead right now because there's so much out there. Yeah, and it's funny because it was ending a good period, like yes. uh, for at least our shows, and now there's so much, I swear. And I don't like sick, I'm an old cranky man. Who cares about me? It's just my stupid opinion. I'm talking uh, Mr. and Mrs. Camera. I, I don't, um, uh, I, uh, I did sitcoms I haven't liked for a while. No, no, they're bad. Like <laughs> bad sitcoms. Bad. Like really. But Kevin, through all of this COVID isolation, obviously you wrote about loneliness. What? <laughs> Without planning to, but I did. I know, I know, and made it funny. Was there anything funny about what we just experienced? Well, a. If you're in the right frame of mind and you have the right sense of humor, anything is funny. B, you have to know when the time to share that with the world is. Um, sometimes it's the right time to keep it in your head. So if there's anything that I think is funny about COVID, I'll, I will keep it in my head for six or seven more years. <laughs> And then, um, and then do my uh, COVID five minutes of comedy. But, uh, but, uh, but uh, I think that anything is funny. But there's a difference between thinking funny things and saying funny things that will hurt people uh, at, that, at that time. Mm -hmm. um, so if I'm, if I'm at my Uncle Felix's uh, funeral and I, uh, and I probably would think of something funny, I'm not going to say it later when we're eating to uh, Uncle Felix's children. I'll keep it to my head for a while. <laughs> That's a good point. Oh, and on that note, Kevin, Thank you for being part of Comic-Con, bringing some laughter, you Thank know, you. let's bring it on. Let's we bring need it on. something to laugh about. Remember, anything is funny, but keep it in your head sometimes. 
and what about that mayoral election? Okay. Oh yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll end it there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I lost. Oh sad. I mean that my vote. I oh, wasn't yeah. ready. <laughs>
seeing a woman be like that, especially surrounded by like four usually or five, depends how many tall, tall men around her. Oh, yes. She's the wee bossy one in the middle and I'm quite happy about it. And for yourself too, Ruth, when does the real Ruth come through? Or is it just one continuous, one character after the other? Um, I think I I think I brought to Rowena a little bit more... Um, my first episode was called Soul Survivor. And I think I brought... I tried to bring some of the depth of she's not just a flat, hard baddie. I tried to bring in some of the depth that we all have. Mm -hmm. There's layers that we all have. So I like to think there's a little bit of... Ruth in there when it comes to, you know, so there are some deep feelings occasionally. Rowena. Do you ever think that if you had never left Scotland, you'd be where you are today? No. And it's really, I will say this, like the further away I go from home, the more popular I am. It's like I had to go 5,000 miles away to be appreciated. And people, especially in America and Canada, are also like, oh, we love your accent. And mm -hmm. like, oh, I can't help it. It's just I know. the way I sound. But back home, we all sound the same. But um, I really... I, it's in my astrology, apparently, mm -hmm. which I've learned more about since playing Rowena, since playing a witch and learning more about all these types of things. Um, apparently, it is in my birth chart that I'm more successful abroad. Well, there you go. So there you go. I mean, uh, their <laughs> loss, our, our, you know, our gain is how we say it. Well, yeah, I think what's nice is back home now. I think hopefully it will help me back mm -hmm. home with projects back home. Yes. You know, I oh, want to work in the UK too, and yes. in Scotland. I'd love to do another play and oh, be back there. Yes, live theatre, nothing like it. Mm. For words of wisdom, though, for yourself, uh, Ruth, to other young ladies, maybe a young lady just like you, mm. sitting in her living room. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to say and so hard to do. It's like, try not to worry so much. When you start to worry, you realize it's, that's all it is. It's just. That is a wrap for Comic Con 2022. A special thank you to all of our guests on today's show, and we'll see you next year at Comic-Con 2023. I'm Tracy Koga. So long. We'll see you next time on Hue at Home. Come on a journey like no other where you will discover many rogues that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.